Well, hey guys, thanks so much for tuning into the Harbor Teaching Podcast. We hope that the messages you will hear are both uplifting and challenging. And now, welcome to the Harbor. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to the Harbor. My name is Brian, and I'm the pastor over the Harbor. Really glad you have joined us this evening. And uh, guess what? I have really exciting news. We are tonight going to be able to announce our reopening plan. So I'm very pumped to share that with you. And at the end of the teaching tonight, I'm gonna be sharing those plans with you. Am I waiting till the end so that you'll have to watch the whole thing? I don't know, maybe so, we'll see. But I'll talk to you at the end about that. For now, we are in our series called Remember Who You Are. And it's this idea that we are learning about what God speaks over us and who God says that we are. We're learning to identify God's voice and believe God's voice about us instead of the influences of anyone else. And we've learned about this thought and this idea that you and I as followers of Jesus, we are united with Christ. And because we are united with Christ, we actually have all of the spiritual blessings that Jesus himself had. And so because Jesus is beloved by God, we are beloved by God. Because Jesus was chosen, we are chosen. And so we're gonna continue in that thought in just a moment, but I would love to pray for us to open up our night, so let's pray. God, we thank you for the opportunity to gather online. We are excited about the possibility of reuniting soon. And I would pray that tonight you would speak to our hearts and help us to learn more about who you say that we are. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So we've been over the past few weeks in the book of Ephesians just studying a small section of Ephesians chapter one, but it is a powerful section. In fact, uh, verses three through 14 in Ephesians chapter one are all one giant run-on sentence. It's as if the Apostle Paul got so excited that he just could not stop writing about all of the spiritual blessings that we have in Christ. And we're gonna continue and look at Ephesians chapter one, verse four, where it says this, God chose us in him that is in Christ before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and blameless before him. God chose us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and blameless before him. Now, this is one of the verses that we studied last week and we learned last week that God chose us and selected us before the world began as followers of Jesus. And if you wanna learn more about that, you can go to last week's teaching but I wanna take and kind of build on that and kind of create this, uh, this next step in that teaching because that's what the Apostle Paul did. And I want us to talk about the fact that when God chose us, he had a specific purpose and a specific reason for that selection. And, and I was thinking about this and um, when Katie and I were dating, um, I got really excited because I knew, man, this is the woman that I wanna spend the rest of my life with. And so I went ring shopping. 
And I went to this guy uh, in town. His name is Mickey. And uh, I, his, his office is beachside. So I went over there and he let me in. He buzzed me in and it felt like this really cool thing. I was like, this is amazing. And he started teaching me how to buy a diamond ring. And he taught me all about color and clarity and cut and all of the other things that you have to know about when you buy a diamond. And I, he actually let me take some of the rings outside and look at them in the light. And I was tempted to just run off with them, but I didn't. And I was trying to figure out how can I buy the most ring for my budget. And so finally I made the purchase and I made the selection and I bought the ring. But, but the thing that I want us to realize is that with that ring purchase, my purchase had a purpose. I was not just buying this ring because I thought it looked beautiful, although it did. I was buying it because I wanted Katie to be my wife, and I wanted to present it to her as I asked that question. And I want us to realize that when God purchases us, he has a purpose for that purchase as well. And it says in Ephesians 1.4 that he chose us so that we would be holy and blameless before him. And then as we continue to look through Ephesians 1, in verse 7 and verse 8, it says this, that God chose us in him that we would have redemption in his blood and the forgiveness of our trespasses. So I want us to think about this idea because God has chosen us and called us to be holy. So what does that mean? What does it mean for God to want us to be holy? Well, holiness means that we would be exactly like God, perfect, pure, spotless, and clean. And this is something that is not just spoken about by Paul in this section of scripture. It is actually a theme throughout the scripture. I'm gonna just put up a few verses super quickly and talk about them. First off, Jesus in Matthew 5, 48 says, you must be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect. First Peter chapter one, verse 15, Peter says, as he who calls you is holy, you also must be holy in your conduct. And then finally, first Thessalonians four, seven, for God has not called us for impurity, but in holiness. And so here we do, we carry this idea that we as followers of Jesus are called to be like Jesus in that we are called to be holy. And I think when we think about this idea of holiness or being like Jesus, probably a couple things come to our minds, at least they do for me. The first thing is, I think that sometimes we have the tendency to think, if we're just being honest and real, that holiness is kind of lame and boring. Like, like there's a lot about following Jesus that's awesome, like going to heaven and like not having to pay for our own sins and things like that. But when we think about holiness, I think holiness is kind of the thing that we don't like about Christianity. It's kind of like, well, we gotta do that so that we can get the other thing. But I want us to realize that in scripture, and we don't have time to really dive into this too deeply, we could go a lot deeper, but in scripture, oftentimes holiness is associated with connection to God and connection to God is associated with bringing us joy and peace. And so I believe that for as followers of Jesus, 
When we are holy, we actually have the most joy, the most peace. Not that life is not painful or uncomfortable or incredibly hard at times. Sometimes pursuing holiness means laying down things that you absolutely love and want. And so that can be a painful thing. But holiness, God actually designed it to bring us great joy. And so that's one thing that we can think about with holiness. The other thing is I think we can start to feel shame and feel guilty about it. Because we can start to say, man, when I think about holiness, I realize I'm not holy. Because, you know, God didn't say to us, like, be better than your jerk coworker. He didn't say be better than your sister who's super mean all the time. He said be holy like me. And so sometimes I think you and I can get to this place where we're like, man, I I know that I'm not like God or maybe even other people would say that they have that you have it figured out and you look impressive to other people, but you know that there is a huge gap between you and looking like Jesus. And so this is why we have to understand that apart from God, when God is not in our story, we are not holy. But what we've been talking about during this series is the idea that we are in Christ. And in Christ, things are different. Look at Ephesians chapter one, verse seven on the screen. In Christ, we have redemption through his blood. The forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us with all wisdom and insight. And so what we have to understand is that when we are united to Christ, God has actually forgiven us and made us holy. Now, what I like to think about with this is this idea of redemption or even the idea in Romans chapter five where it says that we have been justified by faith. These are legal terms. These are terms that have to do with the law. And so I want you to imagine for a second, you're standing in a criminal court and you know that you are guilty and you know that you deserve to pay time in jail for your crime. But the judge stands before you and says, even though you are guilty, you have actually, someone has already paid for your sentence. You don't have to serve your jail time because someone else already has. That is redemption. That you have been, someone has already paid for you and paid for your penalty. And that's what we have when Jesus died on the cross for us. He paid our penalty. It's not just that God decided to be a nice guy and forget about our sin, but it's that Jesus actually paid for our sin. So your sin has been paid for by Jesus. Now then imagine, let's say that the judge says to you, not only has your sin been paid for, but your criminal record has been permanently destroyed and now you are considered a law-abiding citizen. This is the idea of justification that God has actually not only just paid for your wrong, but he has turned you and transformed you into being righteous. God now looks at you and he sees the righteousness of Jesus because you are in Christ. And now imagine on top of that, the judge says that we have all voted for you and you are now mayor of our city. So so you've moved from not just being forgiven, but also being completely set free and now raised to an elevated and high position. That's what it's like in Christ. In Christ, we have redemption, we're forgiven. 
In Christ, we have justification. God has removed the sin, and in Christ, he has raised us up and seated us with Jesus in the heavenly places. We have a high position of honor in the kingdom. Now, this idea of being holy, we have to ask ourselves, what do we do now that we understand that we are holy? And I wanna talk after the song and and understand a little bit more about what that means, but first, I just want us to take a moment and worship and thank God for the fact that he has made us holy. So let's take a moment right now and let's worship Jesus for the fact that we are righteous because of him. Let's sing.
So we're talking about this idea that we have been made completely right and completely justified because of Jesus. And I was thinking about uh, when I was a kid, um, some of my friends and I, uh, we got up on top of a local water tower that was in our town. And I was so excited because it kind of felt like we were breaking the rules and we climbed up to the top and I couldn't wait to get up there. But when I got up there, I was anticipating just enjoying the beautiful views and being amazed. But when I got up there, what I realized was the actual only thing I could think about was that I am terrified of heights. And so everybody else was kind of walking around and holding onto the railing and all that stuff. And I was as far away from the edge as I could possibly be. And I wanted to act cool. So I was like, hey, you guys want to like get down like as soon as possible and trying to play it cool. But best believe I was the first one down the ladder. And I was so relieved when I got to the ground. And really what I was thinking about like literally that whole time was the law of gravity. And the law of gravity, like, it's, it's a real thing, right? Like, basically, either, like, like if, if something is, is in the air and it's not on the ground, like, when there's no resistance underneath it, like, it will drop. Like, if I hold this microphone up, it's guaranteed going to drop because of the law of gravity. And, and the law of gravity is, is a real natural law, and if we don't live with it, we're going to regret it if we don't respect it. But what I need us to understand about this series of our identity in Christ is that these thoughts about our identity in Christ, they're not just kind of cool ideas, but they are spiritual laws. They're things that God has spoken over us, and they are true. And just like we can't see the law of gravity, but we know its effects and we will pay for those effects if we don't respect it. In our own lives, we must realize that even though sometimes we can't see it or we can't feel it, the things that God has spoken over our lives are true. And I say that because especially when it comes to the fact that God has made us justified in Christ, I think so often we can say, Brian, I don't feel like that. Like I feel condemnation. I feel so far from God. I feel like the sin that I've been struggling with, I'm continuing to struggle with and it's defeating me. Even I believe that sometimes maybe during this time where we have been separated from each other, you have realized that there are certain things that you continue to struggle with. And you're like, Brian, the thing that I thought I defeated of lust or of shame or of anxiety or whatever it is, it is beating me up right now. I don't feel justified. I don't feel like I'm free from my sin. And what we must realize in this time is we must realize the principle of now and not yet. And let me explain what I mean by the principle of now and not yet. In the kingdom of God, there are things that they are ours now, but we have not yet walked in them fully because Jesus has not returned. And so what I mean by that is right now, you and I, for example, we have access to God. 
We can come boldly before the throne because of the Holy Spirit, because what Jesus has done for us on the cross. Right now, we have full access to God. But we do not yet see God and, and experience him like we will one day in heaven. Right now, we have every spiritual blessing. That's what we've been talking about for the past few weeks, but we have not yet understood them fully because we are not yet in heaven. And in the same way right now, God has justified us. When he looks at us, he sees us as perfect and free from sin, not because of us, but because we are united in Christ. And one day when we get to heaven, we will be holy completely. We will be perfect. But right now we are in the messy middle of not yet. We are justified, but God is still working on us and helping us to become more and more like Jesus. And so what you and I have as an opportunity right now is we have to adapt our faith to what God speaks about us. And I've thought about it like this, you know, right here I have this stool with me. And, and you know, it says that if in Colossians, we've talked about this, that if, if we've been raised with Christ, let us set our minds on the things above. So it's almost as if right now, you and I, we actually are in reality standing on this chair and raised up with Jesus. That we actually are elevated because of what God has spoken over us. We are chosen, we are beloved, we are justified. But so often our faith keeps us, or, or like our reality feels like, like we're down there. I don't feel loved all the time. I don't feel like I'm completely pure all the time. And so what we have to do is we have two options. Either we can elevate our faith to what God speaks about us. Woo, I almost fell legit. That would have been bad. The law of gravity for sure. Or we can lower our faith to what we actually experience in our lives. And so I believe this is what Paul speaks about when he says in Romans chapter six, it's up on the screen. We can see, so you also consider yourselves to be dead to the power of sin and alive to God through Christ Jesus. Do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. Instead, give yourselves completely to God for you were dead, but now you have new life. So use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God. And so you can take that down, but what, what Paul is saying, and I hope I don't fall here, but what Paul is saying is like, consider yourselves dead to sin. Consider yourselves alive to Christ. Because of what Christ has done, actually operate in that strength. Operate in what God has done. Don't present yourself in the way of the world, but present yourself to God and say, God, I want to be holy because you have made me holy. And so how do we do that? Well, one of the ways we've been talking about in this series is that we read it, we pray it, and we speak it. And we've been encouraging you over the course of this series to be reading Ephesians 1, 17 through 19. You can continue in the book of Ephesians and just continue to read, continue to pray, continue to speak these truths and these realities over your life so that you can begin to align your faith with what God has already spoken to you. I wanna take a moment and I wanna pray and then we're gonna sing one more song and then we'll talk at the end about how we can reopen and what reopening will look like. But God, we thank you so much for the fact that you have spoken over us. You've spoken that we are loved, that we are blessed, 
that we are called, that we are chosen, that we have been made holy. And so God, I pray that we would align ourselves with that reality, that we would not present ourselves to sin, but because of the fact that we have been set free, that we would present ourselves to you and say that I wanna align myself with who you already say that I am. We love you, God, and we're thankful for you. Please continue to encourage us as we worship. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.
So I wanna thank you so much for jumping on the Harbor Online with us. Wanna have share, excuse me, I wanna share some exciting news with you about our reopening. Um, over the past few months, um, thank you so much for sticking with us for Harbor Online, but we have so missed our Harbor community. And now, finally, we have some news about when we are reopening. So today is, uh, we're in the last days of June, June 26th is when the harbor is airing tonight. And uh, next week, July 2nd, we will have a harbor online. But the week after that, July 9th, we are going to have a harbor meetup at Pelican Beach. And so you can bring your own food to that. You can bring your own uh, games to that. But that will be the first time that we are able to reunite in person, 7 p.m. at Pelican Beach. We are gonna keep our social distance and say, stay six feet apart, but we're gonna be able to reunite together at Pelican Beach. And that's gonna be a beautiful thing. And then the following week, July 16th on Thursday night will be our first official harbor back on campus. And so we're so pumped about that. We're gonna be giving you more details about that in the days to come. But we will be once again adhering to social distance, trying to keep everyone as safe as possible. But we are so excited, man. I'm so pumped. Uh, follow us on Instagram at We Are The Harbor. That is gonna be the way that you're gonna continue to keep uh, updated with everything that we have going on and we'll share more details about that. But once again, next week, Thursday, July 2nd, uh, Harbor Online. Uh, the week after that, Thursday, July the 9th, we are going to have a Harbor meetup at 7 p.m. at Pelican Beach. And then finally, Thursday, July 16th, 7 p.m., we are back here on campus and we can't wait. Um, I just want to uh, encourage you with two more things. The first thing is head over to Harbor Instagram on live or online or Harbor Instagram at We Are The Harbor. We're going live immediately after this. Uh, so hang out there. It's been a fun time with our community. Last but not least, share this teaching with someone. If you were encouraged and this spoke to you, share it. I've heard some stories over the past couple of days of some people who have been sharing what God is doing through Harbor Online with their friends and how God is working in their lives. And so let's keep this thing going and we wanna come back strong in July. But until then, we love you. We are thankful for you. God bless you. Peace. Thanks so much for spending time with us. If you'd like to know more about The Harbor, please follow us on Instagram at wearetheharbor. Also, if you need prayer, feel free to send us a DM. Otherwise, tune in next time.